So a word of encouragement on this Easter Sunday. Um, I know you're all college students, and at this point of your academic careers, you can handle sophisticated three-hour lectures, no problem. That's, that's not what this is, but I am going too far with this. Um, you can grasp very abstract ideas, right, that, that, that you couldn't grasp when you were just, you know, you know pre-teen years. Um, so I know what you're capable of. I know that you're really bright and gifted. But I'm going to take you back to elementary school this morning. Uh, and I'm, we're going to do a little show and tell. Okay? A little show and tell. I have two physical objects here with me today. Uh, so I'm going to show you them, and then I'm going to tell you how they connect to Easter. Uh, so as we do this, don't get insulted. I, you know, I, this is just my approach today for the word of encouragement. Uh, so here we go. I'm going back to, to the days of show and tell. So th and this is the title of the word of encouragement today. You ready? Two unforgettable objects of 2020 and 2021, right, that capture the message of Easter, you know, which is the greatest news of all time. I was thinking about this. There are, there are these two unforgettable objects of the last year of our lives that capture the Easter message perfectly. I, I, I'll even take some guesses. Any guesses? I know we don't have the chat function. Oh, my goodness, you can shout it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hard with the mask and the, the wind blowing. Any guesses? Nothing? Hand sanitizer. That's right. That's the first object lesson, Allison. We're talking about this is this Purell. That's a, this is the first point of my word of encouragement today. All right, I want us to think about Purell, and then we're going to get connected to Easter. Well, what, what is Purell? I mean, you know this, right? It, you know, there are things out there like bacteria, germs, uh, disease, sickness, and they, they get on our hands. And those things have the potential to cause us harm. And if, if they get on our hands and they, they, they make their way into our body, you know, we, you know, tragic things can happen. We know this now. Or we, we knew it before, but it's just been, it's been emphasized in the last year. So we protect ourselves, and rightly so, we protect ourselves by using Purell and other hand sanitizer. And we get rid of the toxins that otherwise harm us, okay? So connecting it to Easter, first object lesson. I want you to think about this. Jesus embraces reverse Purell, okay? This is, he embraces sort of the reverse of what Purell does because when Jesus the eternal son of God when he took on flesh and he came to us which we celebrate at Christmas he knew that his clean hands would get dirty right and this wouldn't be dirt that comes from him this would be the mess and the filth of the world and my mess and your mess and my filth and your filth, our sin. So things like being misunderstood by his family and by his people, being betrayed by a close friend, being abandoned by his followers in a moment of need, being a victim of human injustice and self-righteous people, being falsely accused ultimately sentenced to die, being ridiculed and mocked. And basically, Jesus was faithful to us. And we 
were unfaithful to him. He allowed our mess, our sin, our unfaithfulness to contaminate his otherwise clean hands. And Jesus' aim wasn't to have his hands sanitized from these things when he came to us. Right? He knew his mission was not to have his hands sanitized and to protect himself from these things. Instead, his aim was to have his hands crucified for these things. I mean, think about that. Not sanitized, but to be crucified. And the disciple Thomas, you heard Jack read the scripture a few minutes ago. The disciple Thomas said, I have to see Jesus' hands. These are hands that were crucified for me and for the world. And I want to see them. I will not believe that he is actually alive until I can put my hands in his hands. So Jesus embraces the reverse Purell for us so that he might heal us, so that he might save us. Our sin is what crucified his hands. And so 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live to righteousness. So by his wounds, we have been healed. All right, so that's the first unforgettable object of, of Easter. So when you sanitize your hands, I mean, think about that. Think about how Jesus embraced reverse Purell for us. Not sanitized hands, protecting his hands, but crucified hands for us. All right, unforgettable object number two. The ah, mask. Look at that. That's perfect. A plus. All. Of you. All right. Don't go to lecture tomorrow. Just skip class tomorrow. Great. Okay. That's right. An unforgettable object number two is the mask. Right. And now work with me a little bit here. Okay. Work with me. What is the purpose of a mask today? Right? We know this. If you have a sickness inside of you, then you cover your mouth with a mask in order to keep that sickness and maybe even death from potentially spreading out, right? And so for one year now, we have been wearing masks and we've been creating barriers over our mouths because we have that reality before us. There's that fear of even death because death could possibly get outside of us. We might have death inside of us. And it's ultimately, we know that it's an enemy that we have no power over. We have a little bit of power here and there through you know, technology and medical science, but we just, our power is so limited against death. And so when death is inside of us, we don't want it to come out. We cover it over, we mask it, we wrap it up because we know death is more powerful than us. Okay, and maybe you're beginning to connect the dots, right? How this connects to the Easter story. When they laid Jesus in the tomb, they covered over his dead body with grave clothes, right? They wrapped up his body with linens. They put a barrier, like we have barriers on our face right now. They put a barrier all around his body to keep death from spreading outward. But the story is so glorious, right? Because we know that Jesus is greater than death. Jesus had life in him, indestructible life, and the grave clothes came off, right? We put the mask on to keep death from spreading, but Jesus comes to take death 
away. He conquers it by himself dying on a cross and then rising again, demonstrating that he is victor and conqueror over death itself and everything else, our sin, right? And there were, there were lots of passages about, about Jesus' feet in 1 Corinthians and also in Acts 2, about Jesus, he's, he's, his enemies are the footstool of his feet. That includes death. And maybe right now, just imagine, underneath Jesus' resurrected, living, never-to-die-again foot, there is death. There is our sin. There is the injustice and the brokenness of this world. Right? Th those things now, he has demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is greater than all of those things. And so that gives us hope. That gives the world hope. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now that reality has begun. We do not see that in full. The kingdom has already come, but it is not yet here in its fullness. And so you and I, we walk by faith, believing that Jesus is today. Jesus is, he really is Lord of all. He really is one who stands over all of those things and that his foot is on top of all of those things. And a day will come when our faith, that that's the case, our faith will be made sight when Jesus returns. The grave clothes are ripped off. You keep your mask on, right? But the grave clothes of Jesus are ripped off because he is alive forevermore. And this is why early Christians sang this hymn. This is an, I'll end these with uh, the words of Philippians 2. Therefore, God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest possible place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And so in light of that, I want us to hear another passage from Colossians 3. How should we respond in light of who Jesus is and what he has done? How should we respond? And so David Zamora is going to come, he's going to read Colossians 3, and then he's going to lead us in a prayer of renewal, just that, so that our hearts might respond to, to the love and the grace and the glory of Christ. Come on forward, David. <laughs> 